G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. After natural disasters, communities can sometimes take years to recover. Let's get an update on recovery in the central Victorian town of Rochester, where floodwaters devastated the town 12 months ago. Rochester is there just between Bendigo and Echuca Moama. Our friends at Samaritan's Purse tell us about 500 homes still stand empty with about 300 caravans sitting on driveways or in front or backyards as residents wait for repairs to be completed. Daniel Stevens is Disaster Response Manager for Samaritan's Purse Australia and New Zealand. He's joining us. Hey, Daniel, welcome along to 2020. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, Daniel. 12 months since the flood disaster, and there'll be others who are thinking, uh, I've had a disaster in our community too, and it's taking forever to get things back to what we might think is normal. The wheels of progress often move slowly after a disaster, don't they? They do, yeah. I, I think it's really surprising to so many people how long it actually takes uh, for a community to get back to normal after a disaster, be it a fire or flood. Um, but that recovery process takes so long. You know, you kind of see on the news uh, after it happens where SES or the emergency services are here and all of the organizations are here. But then, you know, they all leave and the people are left with uh, years a lot of times uh, with recovery. And uh, it takes a long time to get a community back to back to how it was before the disaster happened. Give us a little insight here into what your Australian disaster relief staff and volunteers are up to on the ground in Rochester. Yeah, so our disaster relief teams responded in Rochester last year after the initial flood uh, in October of last year. Uh, We were here for six weeks um, after the initial flood to do the flood cleanup stuff. Um, and uh, one, as, as part of Samaritan's Purse, one of our projects is to look at communities not just after a disaster, but one to two years later when we know that people are still struggling to rebuild and to get back in their homes and then return to those communities, um, a lot of times helping out the same people that we'd helped you know, a year ago. Um, so our team has been on the ground um, since early October, which was the one-year anniversary of the, of the flood. Um, we've got about 40 volunteers on the ground, and uh, most of what we're doing is we're finding people that 13 months later are still unable to live in their home uh, because it has, you know, when the flood water came through and the walls were cut out, floors were pulled up, kitchens were pulled out. And, um, yeah, folks have not been able to find the tradies uh, or the funding to be able to get their houses rebuilt yet. So as the figures show, around 500 homes still standing empty. And I imagine there's a lot of those homeowners who've been working hard and your included contribution as well and governments and councils. I guess there's lots trying to get back into their home before Christmas. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's there's so many different layers involved. Um, most of the folks we talk to that are still struggling um, have been struggling with insurance payments and trying to um, trying to get the insurance to be able to uh, to pay up so they can get get back into their home or organize the trades. Um, but yeah, really what our team's trying to do is just, um, you know, weekly, weekly, there are people that are able to get back in, but it's slow. Um, you know, it's my, it might be five or six families a week that are able to move back into their home. Um, which you, when you've got, you know, a community of over 800 homes, it's going to take a really, really long time at that rate. So what our team is trying to do is just come in and, uh, we've, we've brought some, uh, some skilled trades along with us as volunteers. We've got carpenters. Uh, we've got builders, electricians, plumbers, and um, we're just kind of coming in and coming alongside people that may have been waiting six months or a year for that trade um, and just coming in and just giving them, give them a, a free hand up, um, hopefully to try to, uh, try to jumpstart their recovery um, and get these things that they've been waiting on going a lot faster. So you've got your skilled trades people and uh, they're helping out with things uh, in kitchens and bathrooms, uh, various cabinetry, uh, those sorts of things, yard cleanups. Uh, what other things are they are they really putting their hand to? Yeah, so we, uh, you know, we, we uh, it's, it's probably about half and half of that. A lot of the work that we do are, as, as families are able to move back in, um, a lot of times their yard has been untouched for the last 12 months. So they've got grass, you know, that's, this 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 head high that we're coming in and trying to clean up the yard and make it so that the house has been restored from the flood. So we've got a lot of teams that are doing that kind of garden cleanup, yard cleanup. Um, but we also have teams um, of more skilled uh, trades guys that are actually in there. Um, we're 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 hanging walls, we're building uh, flat pack kitchens, um, erecting fences. You know, kind of doing anything that we can to try to get these families. Um, back in and is, as quickly and safely as we can. Um, all of our guys that are here are volunteers. You know, as a Christian organization, we normally just put the call out to the churches and just say, hey, if you if you have a skill that you can give, maybe you're retired and you still have that skill and, you know, can you can contribute it to, to help people in need, um, just come on. Like, we want you to come out and to get a part of us. It's, it's fun work, and it's, it's so meaningful when you're actually working with someone who's been out of their home for more than 12 months and what you're doing is actually very so impactful to be able to get back into their home and you can see the impact of your work immediately. And the people are so appreciative, like um, uh, incredibly appreciative um, of what our volunteers are able to do here. Often we'll think of whether we have the right skills to volunteer, usually immediately after there's a major disaster and communities need help. Uh, but uh, what you're showing here, Samaritan's Purse, and for listeners that comes under the banner of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, uh, you've got opportunities for support for communities all through the year, not just after disasters. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And we take volunteers throughout the year. Anyone can volunteer. Um, you know, uh, you know, Neil. I've, I've, uh, my career with Samaritan's Purse. I've been uh, over 15 years with the organization. I've been. I've worked in the U.S. offices. I've worked overseas. Always, always, the number one question people ask me after a major disaster is, how, "What can I do to help?" 
Um, what can I do to help these people? And what Samaritan's First tries to do is just be a really, really easy answer to that question. Uh, just show up, you know, and our teams will put you on a team. We'll give you the tools, the resources. You don't need any skills to volunteer. Um, you know, some are helpful if you have trade skills, but probably half our guys here are um, don't have trade skills, but they're they're learning and figuring out along the way. Um, and yeah, and we do have teams um, all throughout Australia that are working, um, mo- mostly after major disasters. Uh, but we also want to stay and help rebuild communities in those, you know, three to five years after a disaster when it's that slow recovery process. It's uh, really important that people they know that they're Christian people, especially they're there that love them, that care for them. I think you just come along and give them a hand up when they need it the most. I know listeners will be able to hear your accent, Daniel, and I've had the privilege of seeing Samaritan's Purse work up close and uh, seeing what happens. And you've got volunteers often arriving from around the world uh, to help out with our disasters here in Australia. Uh, is, is that continuing on? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my accent betrays me for sure. Yeah, I'm uh, I, I'm American. Um, and actually, yeah, I have a similar story. I, I worked with our Samaritan's First Offices in the U.S., and I came out here in 2019 during the bushfires um, to help out with the team, the team of Americans that came out for a couple weeks, and we helped out. And um, yeah, and actually through that through that process, um, you know, I, I decided to to stay and continue to working uh, working on here um, in the in, in Australia. It's been absolutely uh, spectacular to live here and to and to work here. Um, but yeah, we all over the world. We uh, Samaritan's First is an international organization. Um, we have offices in more than forty countries around the world, um, and it really just helps build that extra capacity. Um, you know, when we, especially when large disasters happen, um, that we can tap into our international resources from around the world and um, be able to bring that those resources into Australia um, when you know Aussie families need them the most. So 12 months into the Rochester flooding disaster and you've got your team on the ground there uh, helping to install kitchens and uh, help to restore bathrooms and uh, refit all sorts of things, cleaning up yards, painting, uh, strip outs where required. There's another dimension too and, and it all would be very nice to just talk about a physical support uh, for families and for people who are getting into their houses. But there's a certain pastoral care aspect too because a lot of people do it pretty tough when they go through a disaster and uh, you guys drawing alongside clearly makes a huge difference as well. Any thoughts here from you, Daniel, on the pastoral care aspect of Samaritan's Purse? Yeah, absolutely. And, on, and honestly, Neil, you really get at the heart of our mission um, and what and what we want to do. Um, really, the, the, the problem that our organization is trying to solve in all of this is that people who have been through disaster just need hope. They just need a sense of hope that their life can come back together again and that things can be okay um, and that people still love and care about them even though they've been through this tragedy. So I tell our team all the time, you know, Samaritan's Purse on our, our shirts, on our trucks, everything, it says, you know, disaster relief or a disaster relief organization. I tell our team that Actually, what we are is a hope-bringing organization because disasters, albeit you know terrible for people, they give us access to be able to come in and love and care for people 
in the time that they need it most. Um, disaster relief is the tool that allows us to just come in and love people because the people that we deal with on a daily basis are probably having the, one of the worst days of their life when we come in, whether it's a flood or a fire, they are, they are having the worst time of their life right then. And what they really need to know is that Christian people will come along beside them and yes, do the, do the physical work, do the cleanup. They need that, but they really need to know that there's a sense of hope um, that comes from Christian people and comes from uh, knowing Jesus and knowing that love um, that we have and that we want to come in and just, and just, and just share it with them through our actions, just like story of the good Samaritan coming in and doing, doing what Jesus would do, um, coming in and loving and caring for them and being able to meet that, uh, meet that pastoral need as well. Well, we are a big sunburnt country and there are natural disasters. There'll be another one around the corner so far as bushfires, floods, cyclones, uh, I imagine that an extra few friends, some more volunteers uh, would not ever go astray. You have a, a list that's growing. And for listeners to connect with you, uh, I'll point them to the SamaritansPurse.org.au website. Daniel, is that the best place? Can you register to be a part of the volunteer aspects of what you do? Uh, can you register there or you make a donation on that website, SamaritansPurse.org.au? Yeah, absolutely. All of that stuff is there available on the website. Um, we, we, we typically say, you know, three things for getting involved, three simple things. Pray, give, go. Um, and that's it. You know, the first thing we need is just prayer for our ministry, our teams that are out here every day working for the safety, for the conversations and the interactions that they're having with these dear people that have just been through a tragedy. Um, the second thing is give, you know, if you, if you aren't able, if you aren't able to get out there and physically do the work, we totally understand that. But, um, we'd hope that if you wanted to give to help Australians in Australia, uh, to get help, help Australians in a disaster, um, we would hope that, you know, it could be to an organization, um, that cares about coming in and just, uh, sharing the emotional and spiritual, um, their, their, their struggles as well. And then, yeah, go. We, we would love for people to actually come out and volunteer. Um, nearly all the work we do is through volunteers, and it's, it's actually a lot of fun. We have such a good time together out here, and we've, it's just uh, an incredible experience of people, like-minded people coming together and just you know working together. It's, it's a blast. Well, no doubt the people of Rochester are very appreciative of any helping hand in a time like this. Twelve months into the disaster, 500 homes still standing empty. Uh, Honour to you and the team at Samaritan's Purse, Daniel. Uh, for listeners, samaritanspurse.org.au. Daniel, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your update with us today on 2020. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.